Good Sunday morning. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Uh, just want to recap some of yesterday's games and preview today's games. Um, Not going to hold you long and, you know, long and drawn out. No, but I, and then also I have something that I need to get off my chest too. But, uh, Half of the AFC championship game is already set up. The number one seed in the AFC goes down. The Titans lose to the Bengals. 1916 yesterday. Shocking because everybody thought Tennessee, this was their year, but <clears throat> apparently it wasn't. Uh Joe Burrow, 28 to 37, 348 and a pick. Uh Joe Mixon, 14 carries. 54 yards in the touchdown. Uh, Jamar Chase, five catches, one eight, uh, 109. T. Higgins, seven catches, uh, 96 yards. Azuoma, I can't never pronounce his name right. C.J. Azumo, seven catches, 71 yards. He spread the ball around beautifully. Mixon had six catches for 51 yards. That's spreading the ball around. Tyler Boyd, two for 17. Uh, defensively, uh, Logan Wilson had a pick. Um, Von Bell had a sack. How many times did they get to him? One. Just that one time. That's all they did. They got to him once, but they picked off Tannehill. One, two, three times. So, and they kept Derrick Henry in check. Derrick Henry, 20 carries, 62 yards in the touchdown. He wasn't even their leading rusher. Foreman was four carries, 66 yards. Ryan Tannehill, 15 to 24, 220 yards, one touchdown and three picks. Uh, A.J. Brown had a beautiful touchdown catch, you know, five catches, 142 yards in the touchdown. Julio Jones, six catches, 62 yards. Uh, but the, the Tennessee defense was stifling. They got to Burrow, let me see, three, four. Five and a half, six, eight, ten times. I'm sorry, nine times. They got to him nine times. Nine times. Stifling defense like that and you don't win. Man. Man. That is uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, I just... I'm happy for the Bengals because, you know, this is a, a long-suffering franchise. The Bengals' heyday, I'll say, was the 70s into the 80s. You know, the Ken Anderson years when Bill Walsh was their offensive coordinator under Paul Brown, and that's where the West Coast offense was born. And... uh you had Ken Anderson, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history, leading that charge. And after Ken Anderson, you had Boomer Esiason, Maryland product. And he led them to a Super Bowl. Both times, you know, they lost to the San Francisco 49ers. But after that, this has been a long-suffering team. You know, they just got their first playoff win in what 31 years 32 years last week that's long that's a long time to suffer you know for playoff wins and as a washington football team fan i understand that it's been on the 26th of this week it'll be 30 years since my team has been dominant so i get it i get it i get it i get it but um Cincinnati Bengals on to the AFC Championship game. We'll talk about the other half of that coming up. But I see the boss BJ popped in here. I thought he was on with me. I don't think he is just yet because I he he's got a vested interest in this AFC Championship game, which he should. But until he jumps on, let me let me jump into this NFC. <laughs> Number one seed goes down yet again. The Green Bay Packers lose to the San Francisco 49ers, 13 to 10. 
Somebody put up a stat. And they said Aaron Rodgers, since winning the Super Bowl, is 0-10 in the playoffs. And he's 0-4 against the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. Playoffs. And as promised, ladies and gentlemen, we joined by the man that writes the check, keeps the thing moving. The boss, BJ. Good freaking morning. What's going on, big dog? Ain't nothing, man. It's freezing. It's football weather. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to get it going today. Talking about man. this 49ers Packers game, man. Oh, we got, we got a lot to talk about. We don't even have. Usually, the big guy puts together. A, um, a show for us and our, our points, what we're going to talk about so we're not all over the place. We don't even have that today. We got plenty to talk about because I got a couple points I need to make that's going to blow your freaking mind. And um, you were talking about, you said 49ers Packers game? Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> Oh, the mighty Aaron. Look, the mighty Aaron Rodgers once again fails in the playoffs. And I'm not going to put it all on him because we always say you need that quarterback to solidify your team to be legit. And the 49ers don't have that. Let's just keep that real. The 49ers yesterday just played scrappy ball, their defense, their strategy. And I know we talk about the, the, the opportunities black coaches don't get. And you talk about that because they don't get opportunities. Not, not because their counterparts aren't great. Kyle Shanahan is a fucking great coach. Do you hear what I'm saying? Kyle Shanahan is that, that I, I want to say it on air, but I can't say it. <laughs> okay. He's coaching his team with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is a – Garoppolo is your equivalent to Joe Flacco. And I don't even want to put him on that level because he can have a really good game and then he can just be pedestrian. He was pedestrian yesterday, 11 for 19, 131, 11.9 average, an interception, four sacks, 57.1 rating. The 49ers should have not walked out of Lambeau Field yesterday. Temperature 12 degrees, feel like zero degrees, start snowing. We're talking about football weather, Lambeau Field. And yet the Packers could not put them away. And every time you look up, every time you look up, Nick Bosa was in the backfield, Armstead was in the backfield, Every time. Every time. They put pressure. And what do we say on this show all the time, KG? If you can, I don't care who your quarterback is. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, the baddest man on the planet. If you can get to these guys consistently and disrupt their timing and rhythm, Especially if you get a couple licks and looking kind of like out of the corner of the eye looking for you, you won half the battle. Hmm. Oh, my God. KG, talk to me, KG. Talk to me, KG. Here's my thing. Now, Green Bay is in peril. Green Bay is going into the offseason $44.5 million over the cap. Aaron Rodgers probably played his last game in Green Bay. Probably Devontae Adams also. Ooh. And I think Devontae Adams <laughs> is one of the top five receivers in the game. Yeah. Hey, we, we're talking about I, I, I wanna I wanna get to some points, but I wanna get to these games. Cause these the the Packers 49ers in Lambo was a really good game. To go to the AFC, we have to jump over the NAS. We got to take the plane. We got to take the sideline junkies jet that we barely got fuel for. We we get we we landing in Nashville to talk about the Titans because you know I hate hate Ryan Tannehill. I think he's 
overrated bum. First, first, first throw of the game with Tannehill interception. The only thing that saves Ryan Tannehill is that he has probably more than likely that's going to be a Hall of Fame running back in Derrick Henry. More than likely. Uh, Tannehill, 15 to 24, 220, 14 to 7, 14.7. Uh, average, one TD, three interceptions, 66.7 rating. Ryan Tannehill, he had another pass that was picked at the, uh, tipped at the line of scrimmage and picked. He's fast. He's quick because he chased down the boy that intercepted the ball. He is a bum. He is a bum. I hate the fact that he has two N's in his name and two fucking L's. I hate him. I hate him. I'm, he's the he, you. It's crazy because I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, number one. And you think it would be somebody in the AFC East I hate. It's not. I hate Ryan Tannehill because Derrick Henry and that defense that Mike Vrabel coach, if they had a competent quarterback, the Bengals wouldn't have stuck around yesterday. But to the Bengals' credit, and I'm not going to discredit the Cincinnati Bengals. Ladies and gentlemen, KG, I'm going to make my first point of the day. Yes, sir. Joe, we saw Joe Burrow last year before he tore his ACL. And we was like, yeah, he's he's the truth. He's ready. Just like Justin Herbert, 28-37, 348 yards, 12.4. He ain't had no touchdowns yesterday. And he had a pick. His rating was 93.1. Uh, Jamar Chase, absolute animal. Uh, five receptions, 109, 28 point, uh, 21.8 uh, uh, average. No touchdowns, but he was he made a difference. Higgins made a difference, 7 for 96. Uzma, uh, 7 for 71. I mean, Mixon, 6 for 51. Tyler Boyd, 2 for 17. He's throwing that ball over the place. He ain't just targeting one place. He he understands the game. It's very dangerous. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know, and this is scary for the AFC. The Cincinnati Bengals are here to stay. The Cincinnati Bengals are for real. And the Cincinnati Bengals will, will now that Pittsburgh is, you know, finally kind of giving the flag up for right now so they can figure out their quarterback situation. And Baltimore, I don't know what's going on in Baltimore, but but how they're playing ain't ain't gonna win them nothing. That's the Bengals division. Not the Browns. The Browns had their chance. A lot of turmoil in, in Cleveland. They had their chance to take over. And Baker Mayfield doesn't play good enough. He doesn't play good enough. He had the weapons. Doesn't play good enough. But here's the thing, KG. And it's going to set a dangerous trend throughout the league, and I don't think anybody's talking about it, and they'll probably talk about it after our show drops because it seems like once we talk about something, it pops up nationally. So I just want our our, our credit, that's all. Look at Cincinnati. And look what they did in a short amount of time. Can these teams really sit here and say now, like Washington? Washington's supposed to be a five-year project, three to five-year project. Detroit, three to five-year project. If I'm a GM and I get you your quarterback, can you, with what Cincinnati, Cincinnati's doing, um, with what the 49ers have done, built a team? Can you really sit here and 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 beg for five years now? It's is this going to cut the time short of what's expected and when it's expected? Because we, we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game. I guarantee you, you ask all of our callers right now, you add, you, you, you put a tweet out, spell Cincinnati without Google. Ain't nobody going to be able to do it. <laughs> spell fucking Cincinnati. The Bengals in the AFC Championship game waiting on the winner of the Chiefs and the Bills today to figure out where they're going. KG, yeah, I'm top, bro. It's going to set a dangerous trend. But here's the thing. It's going to set a dangerous trend. You can't can't expect everybody to do something like that because there's a – 
there's only one Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert in each draft. So that's two quarterbacks for 32 teams. There's only one Pat Mahomes. For every Pat Mahomes, there's a Daniel Jones. There's a Dwayne Haskins. You know, two two quarterbacks, one that a team's holding on to, the other one that a team didn't cultivate. You know? There, 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 there's always the other side. And if you don't have a great scouting department, you're not going to be able to get those guys together and get your quarterback. And I understand you don't like Tannehill. I'm glad you said that. Right. I understand you don't like Tannehill. Tannehill is a reclamation project, but he's worked out. He's serviceable. I don't think he's the quarterback to get them over the hump because Derrick Henry can't oh, run the ball 40 times a game. If if Derrick Henry was – I think Derrick Henry was operating at about 70% yesterday because you're talking about – what has he been out since week eight? Yeah. Something like that. You're talking about conditioning. He got a plate in his, his foot. He looked – he when he ran, he looked strong. He looked like he was running downhill. But I think that wasn't – the hundred percent Derrick Henry that could have taken over the game. I don't think. I don't think that was that. I think if he might have been a hundred percent, maybe they squeak out and get past Cincinnati. But this is going to be interesting going forward. Um, and I understand what you're saying about it's not a Joe Burrow. It's not. And look, those top ten picks, and really the top. I'm not even going to say the top ten. Your first round picks are starters. Depending on what supposed you're doing. to be, supposed to be instant starters, right? Um, your top ten because Josh Allen was—I want to say he was the ninth, eighth, or ninth pick in his draft. I true KG, and I and I know is this this the statistics say otherwise, but I truly believe you can get your man in the draft if you know what you're looking for. Because you can't question work ethic, Dwayne Haskins. Can't question arm strength. All right. If you could find your guy, and you know, everybody looks at Tom Brady in the sixth round and stuff. If you had the scouting department, I really truly believe if you have the the it, it has to it has to the whole situation as far as GM team strategy. You have to have somebody like Kyle Shanahan that is going to work his offense to his strengths. I mean, just look at they, – they got Debo Samuel, and look at what they're doing with him. Instantly, he changed his offense so Debo Samuel can get the ball. Why don't we see that with Terry McLaurin in Washington? Because that's what Curtis do? Samuel is for. Curtis Samuel was supposed to be that guy. That's what he was brought here for. No, no – I. I understand, but why? Why not Terry? Why because not Terry? Terry is not a you, you're not going to use Terry in the backfield and run him around. That's not Terry's thing. That that Terry's okay. not that 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 Swiss Army knife. You do that with Adam Humphreys. You do that with Curtis Samuel here. Uh, who else would you do that with? You would do that with um. I'm trying to think of it. That's what uh. Antonio Gibson can do. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick can be split out wide. They can be used in the backfield. They can block. You know, they, they, they're they the versatile players. Terry, Terry's a 50-50 ball guy. You throw 50-50 ball, 75%, he's going to get it. Terry's going to burn you deep. Terry's going to burn you on across the middle on a slant and turn it into a 75-yard game. That's what Terry is. Terry's the – this is – oh, my God, I don't want to say that because that's that, – that, that's – Big shoes to fill. I mean, huge shoes. That size 35 triple E shoes to fill. And he only a size five in kids. But I'm, I'm going to say it. He's not there yet. But Terry Rice, uh, Terry is your Jerry Rice. He's the guy that can take a simple slant and go to the house. He can do it. He's the guy that's consistent. He's the possession receiver. He's a mix of Jerry Rice and Art Monk. You need a first down, you know you can go to Terry because he got the short hands. That, that That's what Terry McLaurin is. And that's just a comparison, not saying he's on a level with those guys. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I hear him break down his Washington football team. And I asked him this for a reason. I asked him this for a reason. Okay, cool. Then why ain't they doing it with Cam Sims? Why ain't they doing it with Brown? Why aren't they doing it with their speedsters? Why aren't they the, – the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't throw that ball into a barn yesterday, a wide-open barn. He couldn't throw that ball into a barn. But Kyle Shanahan improvised, and yet Debo Samuel's built for that. But why don't we see more – remember, we talked about this. Why don't we see more screens to turn? Why don't we see more – it ain't got to be in the backfield, but why don't we see more end of rounds or the, the chance of an end of round? Do you see how creative – think about what Washington and Detroit and, you know, these other offenses that, you know, don't move the damn ball. And you're trying to figure out, well, why don't y'all try something different? Why don't y'all mix it up? Why don't y'all put some people in the game? Look, you, you try these certain set of people. I, I got to go to my bench. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, you sitting over there. Number one, come here. Let me see what you can do. We're going to do this play right here. Let me see. This is your chance. So, I say this all the time. You can be your 900-page offensive coordinator, by, or you can be the 25-page guy. And then when you get this weapon come in, let's just say, God forbid for Debo Samuel, but let's say Washington drafted him. If Washington drafted Debo Samuel, he would not be having the season he has in in, in San Francisco because they wouldn't be utilizing him the same way. Mm-hmm. If there's a there are a lot of teams out here underutilizing their offensive um, tools because you got a couple of receivers and you you know their names better than I do. You got a couple of receivers on that Washington roster that can you can play around with and do some things with that are playmakers. And you you talk about and and I I get completely what you're saying. You know about McLaurin being your typical, your your diva receiver. That's what he is. He look. This is the Ferrari. The Ferrari. You drive it. Don't drive it over sixty miles an hour. A couple of times you can punch it, but when you finish with it, put it back in the garage. All right. Your other receiver. You need your other receiver to be your Subaru Outback. All wheel drive. You can drive it wherever you want to go. You can pack it for a camping trip. You know. You can get it dirty. I'm just saying, just look at these games yesterday and look at these teams adapt. If you can't adapt, if you can't change on the fly, if it takes you eight weeks to realize, man, that guy might better be better playing closer to the line of scrimmage, mm. you're not gonna win in the, you're not gonna win in this league. You're not gonna win in this league. We saw um Mike Vrabel get out coached yesterday. We saw Matt LaFleur get out coached yesterday. San Francisco, I, I, I just, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, and I kept saying to myself, huh, San, they cannot break away from San This game should be, this should be, at one point, you know, San Francisco had, I think it was 10-3 to 3 Green Bay. And I looked up, I said, damn, at home, Green Bay, they have the advantage because San Francisco is not, a, you know, they they can play cold weather football, but not Lambeau Field. They, so I give the advantage to the Packers and the Packers players because they're used to playing that frozen cold weather. Like if, if Green Bay goes to Buffalo in the zero degrees, that's not an advantage for Buffalo. Just like when New England went there for the playoff game and it was zero, that's not an advantage for Buffalo. If Cincinnati um, – whoever they go to, if it's cold, it's not an advantage for either Buffalo or Kansas City because Cincinnati's a cold weather team. Mm-hmm. So this is you 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 know these things now if it's Tampa Bay, if Tampa Bay had to go to Lambeau Field, the Packers would have the advantage. Which they had to do last year. And guess guess who lost guess who lost the 
NFC Championship game in Lambeau. You remember who that was? Uh, I believe it was the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay freaking Packers. Lost at Lambeau Field to the Buccaneers coming from the wild card. So, um, very interesting, very interesting set of games yesterday. The San Francisco 49ers in the NFL Championship game waiting the winner of L.A. and Tampa Bay, which should be a hell of a game. And I believe um, they're in the same situation Cincinnati's, and they're waiting for the winner of that, and it, that's where they're going to go because they're the lower seed. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, AG? Well, you know, Cincinnati, the – well, the number one seed is gone. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City was ranked higher than Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Because uh, Kansas City was the number two team. Kansas, Kansas City's two, Buffalo's three, and Cincinnati was five. So Cincinnati's got to travel. Cincinnati's got to yeah, travel. Cincinnati no got to travel. Whoever, whoever wins, they're waiting, to, they're, they're waiting to see who wins. They're either going to Orchard Park or they're going to Arrowhead. And right, and same from San Francisco. Yep. Yeah, they either going to SoFi or going to Raymond James. Raymond James, and that's a big ass difference for San Francisco because you just played a zero degree degree game at Lambeau, snowing, or you going to sunny Tampa Bay or sunny LA. Man, you don't you don't and remember? LA is going to LA is a, a home game for them. Yeah, but you you don't remember. The oh man, what was it? It was the playoffs. Remember the, the, the iconic game with uh Kellen Winslow catching the cramps in San Diego? It was they said it was 110 degrees on the field that day. Yeah, yeah. It was a playoff game. The week before that game, they played in negative degree temperature in Cincinnati and won. <laughs> now that's an extreme. You go from negative eleven, I think that's what it was. It was negative eleven in Cincinnati, cold to 110 degrees in California. And, you know, you got Kellen Winslow having an epic game, blocking field goals, catching cramps. You know, that was a game that defined his career. That, that That's a game, when you talk about Kellen Winslow, that's a game that is always brought up. That's an image that always is brought up. And that's the extremes of the playoffs, you know. You, 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 you'll have games like in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh versus – uh, the Oakland Raiders, and they tried to, you know, cover the field. So when the ice storm came, you know, it wouldn't affect the field. <laughs> the tarp split. <laughs> so they had to, you know, move the receivers in. And Al Davis was pretty pissed, you know. He was pissed because it neutralized the passing attack of the Raiders. But they all had to play on a sheet of ice. That is playoff football to me. I love it. I got my cup of Joe in my hand. I'm 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 gonna ask you a tough question, KG. Oh Lord. Because I want I wanna know. I mean, I'm 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 asking for a friend. He wants to know. He's asking for his lady friend. She wants to know. Are the the let's 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 just say Tennessee, I think my Vapor is safe. Okay. The Green Bay Packers was Super Bowl or bust. Is Matt LaFleur going to be held to the same silly-ass high standard that black coaches are held to? Is he going to be fired Monday? Hell no. I'm, 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 I don't even have to think about that. Hell no. Because you know why? Because if Aaron Rodgers walks, Devontae Adams walks, they lose most of their players, and he still he's not going to be able to win with that squad. Now, he has a winning record. He has a a pretty damn good only record. Because, only because only of Aaron Rodgers. Only but, uh, because of Aaron Rodgers. He's about to lose coaches on, on his stand. Hold on. Oh, hold okay. on. Hold on. The Arizona Cardinals got embarrassed. Mm. If is mm. is if is Cliff Kingsbury job at 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 uh in jeopardy? Only way Cliff Kingsbury's job is in jeopardy is if Cliff Kingsbury puts his job in jeopardy. He goes back to college coaching. Wow. There is no jeopardy 
with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury. He got his guy. Oh, you, you got to develop Kyler and, you know, Cliff Sark guy has the owner. If the owner comes out and gives him the vote of confidence, that's when you get scared for a coach. Because if you remember how many coaches have gotten a vote of confidence and then got fired the later. next day, <laughs> right. he's going to be our coach oh. from now on. I'm sure of it. And then two days later, yeah, we're going to part ways. Man, I just the, – the double standard for black coaches and their counterparts are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, What's the Cincinnati Bengals head coach? Zach Taylor, I think? Shit, I was about to say Marvin Lewis. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you was. I bet you was. He's been there so long. I think it's Zach Taylor. Um, I, I, hmm. I just think it's like, look, Shannon Sharp tweeted yesterday, and he said uh, that Michael Ryans is the head coach of the 49ers. And just think of what he just did. He just – Oh, the OC. He is, I thought he was the DC. I'm, I'm sorry, DC, DC. Yeah, he's the DC. He just shut down. He he just called uh, one of the best games of his career. Just shut down two Hall of Famers. Slowed them. Not shut them down, but slowed them down and kept the 49ers. That defense and special teams is what won the game. I mean, because his white counterparts, I mean, Kellen Moore, uh, I think, is that Kellen Moore, the offense coordinator for Dallas? Mm hmm. I mean, shit, they didn't do anything and they consider him a genius and. The next, uh, the next in line to get head coaching jobs. Why? They didn't do anything. If 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 Ryan's the the defensive coordinator for 49ers was a white coach, they were already been. He'd already had five interviews after yesterday's game. He's not even on the radar. He's not even in consideration for a, a head coaching opportunity. Nowhere near. Just think about. Because we've been hinting and talk about it on the show. I said, we ain't going to do no more hinting. We ain't going to do no more hinting. We're going to talk about it because it's it's glaringly obvious. It is. It's, 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 it's obvious. You got Now you got a bad Jacksonville Jaguars team and organization, which, you know, you – you think to yourself, like, damn, what can get worse than the Washington football team when you fought, you're talking about environment in Jacksonville? I mean, Jacksonville's like, hold, hold my wine. I got you. We can we can turn this into a shit show quick. Jacksonville, like, who wants that job? I, I really hope the enemy and Leftwich and um, Todd Bowles and, uh, you know, I'm thinking the, the – the long laundry list of black coaches that are qualified always available. I hope they don't touch that. You would think I hope they, they would. Don't touch that. I hope they don't. I really do. Um, you know, I, I really, I really hope they leave that alone. Um, but we are. Let's talk about today's game. So I, I'm not. Well, let's not move on. I know you got something to add to what I'm saying, or if you wanted to finish on the games yesterday or something else I'm missing, let me know. Um, I agree with what Shannon Sharp said. I agree with what you said. Um, This is a glaring problem with the coaching discrepancies because of color. I'm, I'm, you know, we're not going to beat around the bush. You got black offensive assistant, defensive assistants that, are very, very talented, but get no credit. They don't get the calls. And what Shannon Sharp said, he said if he was anybody else, he was Kellen Moore, he'd be getting five interviews at halftime. Everybody's looking for the next best thing, but never want to give a black coach a chance. And if if you notice, we've said it before, but if you notice a black coach only gets, what, maybe two years, maybe a year, and they never get to work with a stud, and I, not many Never. times, is, right? Not many times Never. does the organization open up the pocketbook to bring in free agents to build this team. And if they do, you guarantee that 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 black head coach is on his way out of the door. Yeah, and it's always like, a 
a problem. Oh, well, he was hard to get along with. And it's not just football. It's basketball, too. He's hard to get mm-hmm. along with. He's, uh, you know, I've heard things about my, one of my favorite coaches who I, I I love dearly. I love him as a player and love him as a coach, and that's Mark Jackson. The reason why San, uh, San Antonio, the reason why the Golden State Warriors are as dominant as he is is because of him. Steve Kerr came in, saw what he had, and he pushed it forward. But Mark Jackson laid the foundation. But one thing I love about Stephen Douglas Kerr, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite coaches, is when he's talking about this team, he says, no, that's what Mark told him. He gives props to Mark Jackson every chance he gets because he knows if it wasn't for Mark Jackson laying this foundation, I wouldn't have this job, wouldn't have these championships. And I love that about Steve Kerr. You don't find any other coach that does that. You know, like Cliff Kingsbury coming in and doing what he's doing with Arizona. You think he's going to give Steve Wilkes any daggone compliments? Oh, I, look, Steve Wilkes didn't even get a chance. A chance. They basically pushed him off a 100-story building to go get Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And then they got Cliff Kingsbury, a competable franchise quarterback. It's it's just I I just it, it you know look if you're listening right now, and what we're talking about is bothering you, to get the fuck off the air. Because I'm it, it's it's just it's irritating to have people that look like me taken as a joke everywhere you go. We deal with it all. We deal with it all the time, and I, I'm just it's it's come it's come it's that pimple that you got to pop, that nasty pimple that squirt all over the damn bathroom mirror, you know, with force down there break mirror, <clears throat> and the Rooney Rule was made for a reason, and it was made with good intentions, and just like anything else in corporate America. You find the loopholes. You find your your tap dancers that are willing to help you get around the rule. And I really think that since the Rooney rule has been put into place, you've had coaches of color take interviews that they know they're not going to get a job. No chance in hell. And I think these teams are under the table lining their pockets. Like they they know they look, we're going to hire Bill Parcells, you're not getting this job, but we gotta we gotta um you know, we gotta interview you and we'll say all these good things about you, but you're not getting this job. You think the Dallas Cowboys will ever have a black head coach? <laughs> not as long as Jerry Jones running the show. Hell no. They if Jerry Jones was smart ever. if he was smart, imagine putting Eric B. Enemy, Byron Leftwich, together, either one together with Kellen Moore. Dallas would be in the Super Bowl every year because that offense, the defense don't need no help. The defense is just a bunch of hungry, a pack of wild dogs is hungry. And, you know, it's like, go get the quarterback. Trayvon Diggs, don't let nothing come down. You, you let, don't let nobody catch nothing. Defense is straight. But you got these freaks on offense. Imagine putting one offensive mind and Kellen Moore together with the Eric B. Enemy or Byron Leftwich, and they just sitting around kicking around ideas. I'm scared of that. I don't want that to happen. Hell no. And I said, I say Leftwich more than B. Enemy because Leftwich played QB in the league. So you pair him with Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore, three quarterbacks. Man, look. And they just sit down and they go over the playbook. And and dissect things, and you, it, 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 I, I think you have some more to squeeze out of that. I don't think he, he's reached his ceiling. You know, mm. I think you have a little bit more to squeeze out of if you get the right coach in there. And and they went and got Mike McCarthy, which I didn't understand because, like I said, it's easy to win when you got number twelve at the helm. It's easy to win. 
It's easy to win. You're not going to tell me otherwise. It's easy to win. You got even number 12 at the helm. You got Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And I think that, you know, you said something about how some of these black coaches are labeled hard to work with and difficult. It sounds familiar. It sounds like the label that, you know, has been put on black women, doesn't it? Yes, it hard, does. Difficult and attitude. It's the same damn label, isn't it? But now, if it's the other way, if it's the other way around, and it's a person, a non-person of color, they're fiery. They're fiery. They're energetic. Right. Bruce, Bruce Arians. Oh. It a damn player. Not you know. I, I did my uh, piece on it, and I'm not. I, not gonna talk about it. I rebuttal. Chill, man. Hit a damn player. You're looking too far into and, it. And. He's fired. If Brian Flores did that, he'd chop his head off mid-game. Oh, he's difficult to work with. I read the report you sent me on Brian Flores, and I said, "Are you? This is the excuse. This mm-hmm. is all y'all had. This is all y'all had. He, he, you saying he treats rookies like rookies and vets like vets." Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But what did y'all, all y'all told me, you, Jim, Junie, Delonte, this is about, mm, I want to say this was not off season, just past the off season before. Y'all said that, you know, the old school NFL that we grew up with doesn't exist anymore. Brian Flores is bringing it back. And apparently, if you bring that type of old school mentality back, you get let go. I mean, it's not like he was hazing these guys, but, you know, you got to earn my respect. I can't just, you can't walk in the door because you the number one, number one overall pick and you got my respect. No. You know how many players dropped in the draft because of first impression? Because they walked in and they thought they were just the guy, they were that dude because they've been told from the time they were in Pop Warner in in, in, in middle school and, you know, things like that when they were young, they were going to be the guy. And they walk in the draft interviews and they don't know how to shake hands. They don't know how to make eye contact. They, they you know, when they go to shake hands, it's like shaking. A, it's like holding a dead fish. No firm grip, no eye contact, no assertiveness. The things that we're taught as young men, he didn't do. And that guy dropped in the draft. So the number one pick comes around. He's sitting there thinking he about to get his name called. Uh-uh. Then the next pick come and the next pick come. Guys have dropped for just first impressions like that because they haven't been assertive. They thought they were, were the guy. As a coach, you're a rookie. My job is to drop you down, break you down the bare bones minimum, and build you back up. Except, Not only for my team. Except Go ahead. If, if, if you're, except if you're the Washington football team. You hire, you, you draft character issues. Yeah, cause oh, it's <laughs> it's like a uh, what they say? Oh, women knew he had red flags, but I can fix them. Yeah, we, we that's what we are. I can fix them. We're, we're we're that type. But the thing is, here in D.C., we don't address the character issues, the character flaws. We don't. We kind of sweep them under the rug until they read their ugly head and be like, oh, well, yeah, we knew that in the draft, but we it was no you know evidence that the evidence was there. Y- you know what? And I know we're getting off subject, but I went back and I looked at Washington's drafts. And I started, I think, in 1980. Because I was looking to find out when Washington has drafted a quarterback that's had, you know, a drafted quarterback that has success here. The last drafted quarterback to have success here was Mark Rippon. And when I say success, I'm talking about playoff success, a Super Bowl appearance, or at least a Super Bowl win. The last drafted quarterback was Mark Rippon. And he won Super Bowl 26 MVP. After that, every quarterback that has been drafted since is gone within three years. Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins lasted five. Uh, RG3, Dwayne Haskins. He Shula was gone. Um, 
Gus Frat stuck around for a minute, but Gus Frat never had any receivers. Gus Frat could have been a vicious quarterback if he had the weapons. But Washington does not draft well when it comes to quarterbacks. And I, 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 I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but this needs to be said. Washington faithful, stop looking for a quarterback in this draft because it's not going to work. Unless the scouting department can do their homework and they pick their guy and they're actually able to get the guy that they want, not the guy that the owner wants, it's not going to work. Trust me, I've done the math. I've done the research. Let's move on to the day's games because we got to get ready to get out of here. Oh, man. Um, Arizona. I mean, Arizona. Goodness gracious. The L.A. Rams going to Tampa Bay. Oh, my goodness. Um, This should be a doozy. This should be a really good game because – this is what the L.A. Rams geared up for. This is what they traded for Von Miller, traded for um, OBJ. You know, they got all these pieces, Jalen Ramsey, over the you know last couple of years. Now it's time to put this thing together. Tampa Bay, uh, I'm at NFL Las Vegas odds. I'm VegasInsider.com. Uh, Tampa Bay right now as of 11.13 Eastern Standard Time. Two-and-a-half-point favorites. You usually get three at home, and the over-under is 48-and-a-half. It's looking like across the board. Around 48, 48-and-a-half. Um, Caesar Sportsbook got Tampa Bay at three. Um, Buffalo, Kansas City. Kansas City is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It looks like depending on which sports book you at, it's either fifty under or fifty three and a half. So um let's go to Tampa Bay and let's talk about this game. What do what do the Rams need to do to come out of Tampa Bay victorious? Keep Tom Brady off the field. Agreed. Agreed one hundred percent. That's the last man on earth. They don't have Chris Godwin. But that's the last man you want to get in the battle with going back and forth because he, 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 he's proven that he can come through for, for most of the time. But if they have to, the Rams are supposed to be built to deal with this because they got uh, Cam Akers back. Who's the other running back? I can't think. Um, Hold on. I got you. I got you. Keep going. Uh, but they're, they're built to deal with this. They're built to pressure the quarterback. You got Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and the rest of the crew. You got a blanket on one side of the field and Jalen Ramsey. So it's going to be very interesting to see what, and, you know, if Jalen Ramsey's going to check Mike Evans, that's a somewhat of a mismatch because Mike Evans is bigger than Jalen Ramsey. So it'll be interesting to see if Jalen Ramsey shadows him the entire game or not. I, I would like to see that. But like what Mike Mike Evans is what, six three? I think so. And that other uh running back yeah, he, is Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. I I couldn't remember his name. So they, they got the, the weapons on the ground to and then you have another head coach that will throw you wrinkles. That will throw you well you oh man, we damn we weren't prepared for that. We didn't see that in Sean McVay. Another Washington guy. Okay. Don't remind me. Another Washington guy. And he's creative on offense. Like we want we don't want to sit here and bash the NFL. Well, we are for the lack of diversity. But at the same time, like I said, you have some coaches in here that are the uh, the lighter pigment that are all really good. I don't think Bruce Arians is one of them. I think he's I think he's a little overrated. Like mm. if you had the court, if you had the quarterbacks and the teams he's had, then you you know shit, you would be probably doing the, the same thing. If Eric Bieniemy had the teams he had, he had probably the same coaching record. Left which, if they had got a chance to have the teams and the and the quarterbacks he's had, then we're talking about in the same situation. If uh. If they gave the job 
to the Detroit head coach. If he was a head coach in Tampa Bay, they'd be right here in the playoffs because they got Tom Brady. Matt LaFleur is about the experience of when Aaron Rodgers leave and mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. He's about the experience what it's like to coach for real and not have a Hall of Famer thrown to a Hall of Famer. It's a whole different ball game when you got to coach him up. But let me let me let me say this. Bruce Arians. See, this is what's not realized about Bruce Arians before Steve Wilkes took over in Arizona. Bruce Arians had. I think he had Carson Palmer and uh, what's the boy? Um, The running back that they traded to the Texans, David Johnson and David Johnson was pretty much their one of their big weapons had him, uh, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. And they were winning. And then when uh, David Johnson went down, everything kind of fell apart because David Johnson was leading everybody. I think he had a thousand yards receiving through like eight or nine weeks. and He uh, hurt his wrist. Arians can get it done. He can. And he can get it done with, with, you know, minimal talent. I'm not going to say no talent, but minimal talent. He can get it done. So let's not, you know, act like Arians is just, not a good guy or he's not a, a decent coach. And I'm not saying he's bum Phillips. I'm not saying he's Don Shula. I'm not even saying he's Weeb Eubank. Old school name that, you know, you youngest may not know. But I think he's a good coach. I think for what he does, he's a pretty good coach. And I, I, I know you have your issues with him, but I, I can't knock him because he, he he's successful he got a, a a raw deal in Arizona. No, he didn't. They never they never ponied he up retired. to get him anybody. They, he, did. he retired. He did. He retired because he knew he was going to get fired. What well, shit? Go go look it up. He retired. Yeah, I think he had a year left on his contract. And this I, I bro, I know I know a little bit about Arians. He retired because he knew he was going to get fired. They got blown out. Um. Divisional round? No, 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 no. That was that was Carolina's uh, Super Bowl year. They got blown out by the Panthers. They got the doors blown off from the NFC Championship game. The next season, they didn't make the playoffs. Mm. I don't believe they didn't make the playoffs the next season. And then the, the next season after that, which one? Because what the the Panthers were 2015 Super Bowl. That was 2017. He retired. Yeah, he t- retired. In his, I'm looking at now at, with an eight and eight record. He wound up being the winningest coach in franchise history, 49, 30, and one. He ran from that because he knew he was going to get fired. Mm, I, I retract my statement. I retract my That's raw deal saying. statement. If I'm you, sorry. If you if you put Eric Bieniemy or any black head coach in these situations he's been in. Intern Indianapolis Colts. They had Andrew Luck. They all you always had a chance for Andrew Luck. They couldn't yeah. protect Andrew Luck. And that's the problem. What I'm saying that's- is it, it, what I'm saying is if you had put a black coach in these positions, they'd be in the same position right now. <clears throat> if if Washington got Tom Brady, Ron Ron Rivera would look like if he played if Tom Brady played two more seasons. Let's say the Washington landed Tom Brady next year. Washington be in the playoffs the next two years. Now they had to do some tweaking and, and and a little bit here and there, but Ron Rivera would look like a genius. Well, Ron Rivera is a genius. I'm I'm just saying, Ron Ron, well, Ron Rivera is a damn good coach. He's a genius. Well, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. He would be co- coach of the year. You know, Again, yeah, Washington would you know would be probably top three seed. The quarterback makes a difference. The team you place on the field makes a difference. Um, we talked about the Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's go to Arrowhead. The second game of today, Buffalo versus Kansas City. Everybody's talking about the AFC Championship game last year. These two teams met. Earlier in the year, not the same Kansas City team, not the same Buffalo team. But Buffalo hand, handled them 
Uh, I forgot what the score was. It 38-21. It was something like that. I forgot exactly the score, but I'm hoping that Buffalo didn't exact their revenge in that game because that's not the same. You understand what I'm saying? They they mm-hmm. lost they let off steam in a regular season game because they lost in the AFC. It's not the same. It's not the same. Now you get to go, and I believe that was. In Kansas City and Buffalo. I didn't I want to say it was in Buffalo earlier this year. I, I, I'm not sure. But you go to Arrowhead, and look, the identity of the Buffalo offense is Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. I would like to see Stefan Diggs get more involved in the game. Six, seven, eight catches. I would like to see him get more involved, but you have the receivers. I would like to see them do more with Isaiah McKenzie. More in arounds, more bubble screens, and, and they starting to kind of. It's a little slow for me. But they starting to kind of work him into, um, you know, those type of roles, those type of plays, because he's explosive. You can't deny explosive. They have to do what Buffalo's been doing all year: solid defense. You're not going to stop Kansas City. You you got to slow him down. You got to get to Patrick Mahomes. Ed Oliver, Russo, Jerry Hughes, uh, forgot the other boy's name. Got to play today. Got to get to him. Josh Allen, got to be Josh Allen. Run some people over. You know, I've been an advocate of him not running. I don't like to see him run. But it is what it is. That's the art identity. Um, so for Buffalo, they have to get going early. You're pretty far away, brother. Can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me? There you go. Okay. I might ask a little too far into the kitchen. But for Buffalo, they got to go in there. They got to remember that confetti from the AFC Championship. That's what they had. They had to remember that feeling of them hosting, hoisting the Lamar Hunt Trophy and Arrowhead. But here's the here's the part for me as a Buffalo fan. I'm, you know, I give a little bit more in depth into it because I this is my team. You cannot over prepare for this mentally because if you do, let's say y'all they do win it, Cincinnati's gonna whip that ass next week because you're gonna be mentally exhausted and you, you know you're gonna feel like this is your Super Bowl. You gotta be careful. It's another game. Yeah, Kansas City beat you that that. Last season is over with. You come in here number one, number one on defense. All right? You come in here, I believe, top seven offense, top six offense. You come in here, Josh Allen making plays left and right. Seems like he's he's in a he's in a groove. All right? They beat the brakes off the Patriots last week. I didn't make a, uh, a, 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 a podcast about it because – it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Job's not done. Job, job's not done. That was 20 years of frustration taken out on the Patriots. Okay? Cool. Now, guess what? You got to win three more games. Dude, that's that, yeah. that, was, that was great. And then you make it to the AFC Championship next week, which is a great accomplishment, but you made it there last year. So guess what? The goal for Buffalo is Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That AFC Championship um, Kansas City has a chip on their shoulder because they a lot of people wrote them off in the beginning of the season. They're back to Kansas City football. Another offensive mastermind, great head coach Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy by his side. They got some, you know they they got some weapons, just like just like Josh Allen has weapons, Mahomes has weapons. And Mahomes is Mahomes. They're going to have to get to him early. They're going to have to slow that offense down, frustrate him. They're going to have to, you know, it's hard to confuse a quarterback like that, but they're going to have to throw some wrinkles in there. Leslie Frazier's running that defense on Buffalo's side. They have to throw some wrinkles in there. And for Kansas City, they got to decide, they got to pick their points because if you cover Allen, I mean, if you cover Diggs, Dawson Knox is coming to his own to be probably one of the better tight ends in the league. If you cover 
Gabe Davis, if you cover Emmanuel Sanders and you leave Josh Allen to run. So you are you going to spy? Are you going to blitz? Are you going to just four-man rush it? What are you going to do? You have a damn near running back in the backfield that'll take off and hurdle you or run somebody over. Or so juke the shit out you and make you touch the ground. Twice. <laughs> twice. He touched the ground twice. I said, did that boy touch the ground twice? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it, I think that's going to be a really good game. I think that's going to be a really good game. Um, and I don't know, KG. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Hey. championship in Buffalo sounds good. It does. Make sure you bundle up because it's damn sure going to be cold. It damn sure is. So uh, we got really, two really good games today. Uh, my, my second youngest birthday is tomorrow, so I got to go get her some cupcakes and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's just KG. I don't know. You know I'm, I, I'm not going to put it on here. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm going out today. I might go get these cupcakes. I want to watch these games. Yeah, I do too, but I, I got to go. So, before I go, let me get this off my chest real quick. Now, we switching gears. Let's switch over to the NBA real quick. I just need about two minutes. So, I should be done this by the one minute, three, the one hour, three second mark. Um, Grayson Allen, Duke product, Milwaukee Buck right now, um, got called for a flagrant two on Alex Caruso of the Bulls the other night. Uh, now, Alex Caruso has to have wrist surgery behind this. And he... You know, I, I looked at, at, at it and I was like, yeah, that was kind of dirty. But to see him smile and smirk afterwards, it's 2022. Ain't no holding back anymore. Do that shit to somebody like Montrez Harrell. Do that type shit to somebody that's a little bit bigger than you since you think you're so tough. And Grayson Allen has been, you know, he's had a, a career marred. Even in college, as a dirty player, kicking people in the nuts. So that was a bitch move, what you did to Alex Caruso. Now that man's out six to eight weeks. And it, it double hurts for me because, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Alex Caruso fan, but I'm also a Bulls fan. So it double hurts for me. Grayson Allen is. He's not in the vein of the bad boy Pistons. He's not in the vein of, you know, those tough Milwaukee teams and the Celtics of the 80s. He's not in that vein. He's just a dirty player. I would love to get a 10-day contract, and in that 10-day, we play Milwaukee, so I can, I'm can. i just going to walk on the court and beat the shit out of him and be like, all right, I'm gone. Y'all can cut me. Y'all can ban me from the league. I don't give a fuck. I did what I came to do. I logged the NBA minute. I'm in the books, and then I beat his motherfucking ass. Rumble with somebody that's willing to rumble with you. But this dirty shit knocking people out the air ain't where it's at, man. Ain't where it's at. Always said you was going to hurt somebody doing that. And now you've really hurt somebody. He needs to be suspended for the rest of the year. And that wasn't, I mean, just just in case, because he's going to do it again. He's a repeat offender. He's a habitual offender. He needs to be suspended. So... It's Sunday, you know, it's supposed to be a day of peace and all that. But here's a new award going out. And I think I might do this every Sunday. I don't know. If I got a chance to, I will. Set the award on the table. This is my fuck you award to Grayson Allen this week. Grayson Allen, thank you, but fuck you. BJ. And, and before we go, it's not even a point of doing it to somebody that can fight back. Caruso wasn't in a position to fight back. He was in the air. Yeah. You know, he was in the air and it was it was a dirty play, very dirty play. And, you know, the Bulls will remember that next time they they play him, you know, they, they damn sure will. And, you know, the Bucks would be uh, screaming to the top of their lungs if they did that to Giannis. And he broke his wrist and mm-hmm. was out for four to six weeks. And that's just there's no place for that, man. But, you know, if, and it, the crazy thing is it's not going to be just the Bulls. Because that was a dirty play. You're going to get other teams that's going to knock some sense into Grayson Allen. Trust me. It's going to be a collective thing. 
because that mm. is it was just dirty. Is no is no place for that. That could have been anybody. You know, that could have been anybody. And you know, you, you know, you don't want to take the chance of that happening to you. So it's just like, yeah, when he come in the game, make sure you, uh, yeah, take care of him. Exactly. Take care you of him get, early and often. Get you a goon to sit at the end of the bench. Like John Chaney said, you got to yeah. have you a goon. Get you a goon. That's what you do. I'm always yeah, advocating fighting. I'm always advocating fighting. I'm sorry. I'm really not, but I'm sorry. It's all good. Well, it's all good. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you missed anything from earlier, it will be available very, very soon. Uh, go back and listen. Start with the Friday Freestyles, part one and part two, with myself and the boss BJ talk about Bruce Arians and his striking a player. Um, season premiered of Saturday Night WrestleManiacs is last night. Check that out. Also, go over to WordPress. The uh, link is, I think it's in the Sideline Junkies bio, but I'll share it again for the Washington faithful to check out um, what I had to say through my eyes as a diehard uh, for the Washington football team. And then also, Stay tuned because coming up later on this week, we got you know we got to break down these games from the day. We got a lot to talk about. So until the next time, that's the boss BJ. I'm the big guy KG. We got the Swamp Queen Lady C in the text window. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace. 